Debt recovery is a vital aspect of the day-to-day work of an insolvency practitioner. How is that best addressed? In this episode, Frank Wesley of Quantuma debates with Jeremy Hirschkorn of McGrath Sheldrick Solicitors the most effective ways to achieve successful debt recovery for the benefit of creditors. The key takeaway, effective debt recovery requires systems and the human touch, combining a firm approach and people skills. Frank Wesley is a licensed insolvency practitioner and partner in Quantuma LLP, the national fast-growing business advisory practice. He is based in the Thames Valley office, but also spends time in London working with clients and their advisors. Hi, this is the latest Quantuma podcast brought to you by your host, Frank Wesley, connecting the worlds of restructuring, turnaround and insolvency, presenting you with insights and stories from the industry that helps to put businesses back on track. Quantuma is a niche practice that specialises in advising a wide range of clients and now with 10 offices in the UK and our first overseas office in Cyprus, we remain one of the fastest growing firms in the UK advising in this sector. We're here to talk today to talk about a hot topic close to the daily routine of the insolvency professional, the debt recovery industry and especially the internal and external challenges facing businesses today as regards collecting debts due to them. How this can change when financial distress sets in, and if we have enough time, when an insolvency practitioner is appointed, what can be done to maximise the debt recovery process on behalf of the creditors? On this occasion, I have taken a different slant, and I have with me Jeremy Hirschkorn, who is a lawyer and partner in the firm of McGrath Sheldrick, and I'm sitting here in Jeremy's palatial London offices in Chancery Lane. And if we can avoid talking about the subject of West Ham United, we might actually talk about some work-related topics, both being long-suffering Hammers fans. Jeremy has been practising as a lawyer for many years, and we've worked together on a number of debt recovery related client situations. What I'm going to do now is pass over to Jeremy and he'll give you a short introduction as to his uh, practicing history and uh, maybe one or two interesting things that he's up to at the moment. So welcome Jeremy, how are you today? Very well, thank you Frank and uh, thank you for your very kind introduction. Um, Before I start, I notice you're wearing some West Ham cufflinks which... uh... (laughs) So I feel quite at home at the moment. I wasn't going to mention that to the audience. Um, Anyway, well, thanks very much for the opportunity. Um, Yes, uh, I'm a partner in the firm of McGrath Sheldrick, and we are based in Chancery Lane. And I've been in practice for well over 35 years now. um, And I specialise very much in the litigation and dispute resolution fields, um, with a particular emphasis on debt recovery. And in that capacity, I act for a large number of insolvency practitioners, um, such as uh, Quantuma, um, as well as uh, for accountants, uh, solicitors, architects and professionals, as well as the uh, day-to-day businesses um, dealing with their debts. Um, A lot of the debts I act for are for professionals, where they find it uh, sometimes difficult to collect uh, debts from their own clients. Um, So this is an area which I have uh, specialised in over the years. McGrath Sheldrick um, is recently moved to Chancery Lane and uh, we now consider that we're very much in the hub of uh, legal practice. 
we are to a certain extent a specialized legal practice or firm of solicitors in that we only cover three core areas um, which are is, is business immigration uh, employment and uh, my field which is litigation and dispute resolution so uh, there are lots of areas of work which we do not take on and we uh, prefer to specialize in the, those areas that uh, we are we are good at Frank you asked me what uh, interesting areas I'm working on yeah and uh, yeah uh, wouldn't surprise you to, to know that I'm acting for uh, in capacities in a, for a large number of uh, book debts for professional firms um, again for solicitors and accountants um, and it's uh, quite apparent that with a large number of the companies going into uh, liquidation and administration um, there are plenty of claims or recoveries against uh, on their behalf against their creditors and also uh, where a company has gone into uh, financial distress um, there are sometimes claims against the directors for either loan accounts or for guarantees so that is uh, quite a large majority of the work that I'm doing at the moment. Thanks Jeremy. From what you're saying you get involved in quite a wide spectrum of different types of claims uh, on behalf of insolvency practitioners and other clients and and what are you seeing at the moment as the main two or three trends facing businesses when it comes to debt recovery and really this is concentrating on the b2b space that's a, I mean, that's a very good question, Frank, because uh, you have to find, or in business, a balance between keeping your clients uh, and customers um, and at the same time making sure that your business is viable and afloat. So to a certain extent, you've got to give your, uh, your customers and clients um, a bit of leverage. However, you can't give them too much leverage because if you find that you are in a position where you're having to chase after debts, uh, that's, not, uh, that's not good for either party. So what you should really be doing is, um, is trying to keep that balance. Uh, and at the same time, you've got to consider um, the shareholders and any lenders who have uh, put money into the business to make sure that they're happy with the way the business is trading. Um, you would no doubt have to prepare management accounts for them. And so they will want to see that you are towing a line between giving a credit uh, in order to continue trading, but at the same time making sure that your cash flow uh, is there to keep uh, the banks and uh, your lenders happy. Definitely businesses sometimes uh, suffer from the mindset that a sale is a sale, but obviously it's not a sale until they get the cash in, and uh, that's when business owners can sometimes slip up. So bearing in mind your um, extensive experience in this particular area are there any tips or immediate steps that you can suggest for businesses to take to improve their debt collection performance not trying to do you out of any work here jeremy but um, perhaps one or two tips that you might have would be very useful that's absolutely fine frank i mean obviously in our business we like to try and uh, keep our clients away from having problems but uh, and we uh, to a certain extent foresee the problems when they come to us so we can see where the history has, has started. Um, normally when a, a new customer comes through the door, whatever it may be, whether it be a company or an individual, um, sometimes businesses are a bit too quick to, uh, to lend credit or to do business with them without doing some really sort of fundamental checks and uh, these are not things that are, are that difficult to do. I mean, the first thing is most people nowadays will do an internet search just to see if they know something about the company, um, do a company search just to see that the company is, is still trading, whether their uh, accounts are up to date, 
these are very simple things to do. Also, perhaps to, to check to see whether there are any judgments against the company, just so that you can know that the company has a reasonably clean bill of health um, in order to ensure that when you are extending credit to them, um, that uh, you're not going to have any problems with, the, with debt recovery. I mean, uh, for professionals, uh, there, it has been always a practice in the past to ask for money on account. Uh, that's more applicable to uh, in the service industry to solicitors and accountants. Um, but with this competitive market out there, uh, there are lots of uh, solicitors and accountants who find it difficult to ask for money uh, up front before they've done any work. So they will, again, extend credit in the same way as any other uh, trading business. But uh, what you should uh, be looking out for if you start uh, with a new customer or new business is... Um, to see how the trading starts over a sort of short period of time, uh, maybe three months, just to make sure that the invoices, if you have payment terms within 30 days, are being paid uh, soon thereafter. Um, if there is a problem with payments coming through, it's better to review the situation rather than allowing it to get to a point where you are chasing after large debts. Thanks, Jeremy. I'm picking up on the point that you made about the professional service firms that you advise and act for, and it's interesting um, that you uh, have uh, developed a specialism in that area. Would you say that some of the firms that you see suffer from a slightly out-of-date or old-fashioned mindset when it comes to asking a client for cash up front or for payment? Perhaps they're overly concerned that that might damage the future relationship that they hope that they will have? Very much so, Frank. I think you will find that where a partnership, for example, is going through a change where young partners are moving in and the older partners are moving out, um, it has always been the case that the older partners are not as, uh, as, as quick in collecting in their debts. They don't want to upset any relations. Um, and there are various approaches that one can take to bringing in uh, cash for a firm uh, or a company. And uh, I very much adopt the hard or soft approach, very much dependent upon whether the, uh, the company or partnership wants to keep in to ha or have good relations with their clients or not. I mean, sometimes if it comes to a point where there is a, a breakdown in the relationship, uh, then one has to take a hard approach. Um, on the other hand, if there is a, a temporary cash flow problem or if it is a matter that can be worked out, uh, we try and, and, and take a soft approach without immediately threatening uh, court proceedings in order to give the parties an opportunity of, uh, of getting together and uh, working out a, a, a future payment plan. What it sounds like is that you can be quite flexible in terms of your approach depending upon the best way to collect in the outstanding debts, what the client wants to uh, achieve and portray in terms of um, their image and relationship with their, with, with their clients. And, and you can take a hard line or indeed a softer, more human um, approach to this type of thing. Uh, and clearly, business is all about people when you're dealing with people. Um, different approaches and flexibility um, is absolutely essential. If, if we move on from that, and as you know, I'm a licensed insolvency practitioner, been involved in the profession for over 30 years, and debt recovery is an area that we um, frequently are involved with in terms of uh, managing the collect out of book debts and sales ledgers. So from your perspective as uh, a lawyer uh, in this area, 
what what would you say in terms of what you've seen about insolvency practitioners as to how they approach the debt recovery process? Do you think that my profession is any good at that sort of thing, or is it best left alone to specialists such as yourself? No, I think it's uh, I think it is uh, it's a growing trend with IPs at the moment that they are getting better than they used to in uh, recovery of debts on behalf of a company. Um, I think it's most important that when a, an IP has been appointed, the first thing that they should do is to gather as much information as they can regarding the company, not only in relation to the debts but in relation to everything else, and to try and uh, keep all the records and to keep good relations with the uh, directors because it's very important that when they are coming uh, to a matter afresh that they have as much uh, cooperation as possible. Um, I have come across a number of, uh, of uh, insolvency practitioners who uh, at the first round are a bit slow in getting that information together, uh, which makes life difficult when it then comes to the point of instructing solicitors to recover debts because normally what will happen is that uh, matters or issues can be raised which, for which there could be no answer. Invoices can go missing, uh, delivery notes can go missing, um, and so it's really a question of having to backtrack, whereas if you can start uh, afresh right at the beginning with as much information as possible, uh, that makes the uh, debt recovery process uh, that, that much quicker and easier. Right, right. And um, when we get um, engaged by clients and there are outstanding sales ledgers to collect, yes, you're quite right, one needs to move very quickly um, because the longer it takes, dust starts to settle and uh, debtors will find all the excuses under the sun in terms of trying to avoid payment. Um, I'd be interested to hear one or two of the more curious or exotic excuses that you might have come across to avoid payment uh, by by debtors. And I'm sure you've seen uh, very many over the years, but do do any interesting excuses uh, come to mind? Well, it used to be, Frank, uh, in the olden days when you and I were much younger, that uh, it was a classic that a debtor would say that the cheque's in the post. Um, but of course, nowadays uh, it's very rarely that uh, checks are used uh, for monetary, tra- monetary uh, transactions, um, and so of course that would be a good delaying tactic that was used by a debtor, uh, which would then sort of keep things at bay for a while. Um, nowadays, there is no excuse uh, for not payment. Um, it's it's funny that uh, sometimes debtors have come up with uh, the excuse that they can't find their credit or debit card to make a payment, that uh, they've got problems with their bank. Um, that they've given the instructions to the bank and in fact I have seen occasions where they have sent me evidence to uh, or purported evidence to show that a transaction has taken place by sort of printing off a bank request form um, to show all of the various details uh, are in place uh, will send that to me saying look here is evidence that we've sent the money um, and yet of course the money never appears in the account and so this gives uh, a debtor a bit more time to play I mean they there are all the excuses under the sun I've even heard of one uh, practitioner who I was talking to at a recent conference who said that uh, the uh, debtor was just about to pay and uh, said that his dog had eaten his credit card so, mm. so uh, you know you can think of uh, lots of reasons why people are, 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 are not, don't want to pay um, but at the 
end of the day, it's really, you know, we've seen it all before. Um, if people are truthful, if people have a cash flow problem, as, as I said at the beginning, we will try and work with them um, if they can't make the payment in full in one go. Uh, but I think it's always a question with all of these things of being uh, reasonable um, and considering uh, everybody's positions and finding a solution. Yeah, um, a mutually acceptable solution is obviously the best result. And unfortunately, we will often see situations where debtors uh, stick their head in the sand and hope that the recovery process will just go away. But clearly, um, that is, is not going to happen. I know that some of your work deals with overseas debtors, and uh, I wondered what your experiences are around that uh, and whether the process changes to a significant degree when you are looking to collect monies from abroad. So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on foreign debt collection, Jeremy? I mean, foreign debt collection has become a, a, an increasing uh, area and uh, because most businesses now, of course, are not just trading here, but in, not only in Europe, uh, but in the Middle East and Far East. Um, the most important thing that we, we have to, to find when we are, are chasing a debt overseas is to get as many uh, connections as possible. So contact details are very important because you know, sending a letter overseas is, uh, to a certain extent, a waste of time by the time it gets there. So we are obviously sending more communications by email um, and using the, the telephone to follow up. Um, we take the same approach uh, to debt collection for overseas debts as we do here. I mean, I have collected debts... Uh, in Libya, um, in Kuwait, um, in Singapore, it, it's very much a, uh, a, a similar situation. What one has to think about is not only uh, how one uh, collects the debt, but also how one may try and enforce uh, payment if there is a refusal on the debtor to pay. Um, I have found that uh, on most occasions when we're dealing in the Middle East and the Far East, um, it is better to instruct local council um, who are on the ground to deal with the debtor rather than doing it from here and using the English courts because, of course, getting a judgment uh, here uh, is not that difficult. What the, uh, the difficulty apply, uh, comes when one seeks to enforce that overseas because, obviously, uh, different jurisdictions have different laws when it comes to recognising an English judgment. Um, sometimes you would have to start again... Um, uh, from day one in a foreign court in order to seek enforcement. So I much prefer to start uh, there. It's in their home court. Uh, there can't be any uh, confusion about enforcement or delay. Um, and normally the lawyers on the ground will know or have some uh, more information about the debtor than we have uh, from being in this country. Yes, and um, moving, moving on from that, obviously we have the spectre of Brexit hanging over us. No one knows how it's all going to end up either bad or very bad, is what I've heard. But in terms of your specialist areas, are you seeing any potential impact of Brexit having any effect at the moment? I think that, um, I mean, Brexit has brought around a large amount of uncertainty. I mean, certainly, just as an aside, uh, my business immigration practice um, has is receiving calls on a daily basis uh, from clients asking... You know what is our position, what is happening, and to a certain extent, I'm afraid we can't say at the moment. I mean, we are now uh, the 12th of February. Um, we've still got a few more uh, weeks to go to see what may may transpire. Um, from a debt-related uh, matter, um, I think that a lot of businesses are becoming a little more cautious um, as to uh, dealing with uh, with the European market. 
Um, I think that they are not sure how long their relations will be able to continue, depending upon uh, what, uh, what agreements are reached. Um, and so I think that uh, it's very much a, a question of sort of sitting and waiting. Um, and I think this applies to all spheres, including property. I think a lot of investors and businesses are, are taking a sort of backseat. Uh, but I think that things will hopefully uh, become more apparent um, over the next few months. I hope so too. So thanks very much, uh, Jeremy. That's a, a good answer. Let's close off this podcast now. Uh, thank you for allowing me to take up temporary residency uh, in your offices in Chancery Lane and providing your valuable thoughts. And it was a pleasure speaking with you as always. So I'll sign off now uh, until the next Quantum of Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. <laughs>